We're taking it to St. Louis today. Hey. You know, we got to get the Midwest vibe today for my guest. Yeah, yeah. What happened to Murphy Lee? What happened to Murphy Lee? Murphy Lee had to be the best in the lunatics to me. I can't play too much, but y'all know how I go. Y'all know the fans be watching. Yeah. <laughs> Murphy Lee was on his way. Yo, what's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Pod is Good podcast. I am your man, Cashmere, California. Pod is good. And all the time, if you know, you know. If you don't, you about to be about to find out today. You know what I'm saying? Welcome back, y'all. Welcome back. I appreciate everybody for being here today. I appreciate you. Hopefully you enjoyed uh, the last show. Episode 12 was a phenomenal show. Talking to my man, James, the investment shark. You know, if you did listen, I know you got some game. I know you got some direction, how to implement some new strategies, depending on where you at. Even if you're young, even if you're young, and you're just starting your investment life. If you didn't get a chance, listen to it. It's trying to make you rich by the time you're 40. And with the right discipline, you can, anybody, truthfully, can actually get there. So if you didn't check that episode out today, I got another incredible episode. Um, you know, a lot of times, especially for the people who move away from home, right? Move away from their families to go uh, venture out, to find themselves, to 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 gain whatever they're looking for in life. You you tend to um, unintentionally distance yourself from your family. You know, you don't mean to do it, but just your day to day life is more consumed with you know the next client or your coworkers or your classmates, or your neighbors, the new friends that you made, you know, you just kind of build a new life, basically away from your home city, especially those of us that grew up um, in smaller towns, you know what I mean? And so with that, um, you don't realize it after a while, but there's a distance between you and your actual family. You know, my, my, my blood family, most of them are like 2,000 miles away. You know, I have a few people here in California. I have more, but over, you know, over the years as, as we all grew up and people moved out on their own, um, you know, the, the distance grew. But 2,000 miles away, even in the day of the Internet, when everybody has kids and families and lives and careers and businesses, ah, you just don't get a chance to talk to your family as often as you would like to. So... I'm saying all that because today I get to do that. Today I get to bring in one of my favorite, favorite family members. No, if, if anybody else in my family is listening, don't take offense to that. But this just happens to be someone that I've been around since she was very young. I was very young. I watched her grow up. I, I supported her through trials and tribulations of her life and 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 we've dealt with so many uh, growing pains throughout the years that now to look at her now to look at her now it almost feels like it's my daughter and I'm looking at her and and the level that she's achieved it's it's incredible she's incredible 
And I know this will be an incredible episode simply because she's going to be here. So as we wait for her to get into the studio, um, as we always do, you know, we want to, you know, be patient with our guests, you know, make sure our guests are, um, make sure our guests are, are comfortable. You know, I don't want anybody flustered or rushing. I like people to get here at a time that's most convenient for them. And in the meantime, I want to tell you guys that if you enjoyed, what episodes was he on? I believe it was episode one and maybe again, episode like four or five, maybe five. My guy, South Central Conservative. South Central Conservative. Got to say it loud so hopefully he hears me. You know, <laughs> I, I want to make sure he gets the, um, you know, I want to make sure he gets the the official welcome. You know what I'm saying? I want to make sure that when the bat when the bat signal goes up, that he that he he hears it. Uh, give me one second. I'm just gonna take a quick one just to make sure. Something that I hear wasn't what I heard. You know how that go. We back, we back, we back. Um, so uh, as I was saying, South Central Conservative will be coming back. Me and him talked recently, um, and we discussed that our next installment of the show, we will actually take time to research and have factual materials to support um, those findings. So that so that the conversation can have a little more structure than it did last time, because uh, it as as in, if any of you have had any conversations with someone who is very um, politically active, uh, as many of many Americans are nowadays, you will know that the conversations can go off on a litany of uh, of routes. I mean, the the branches never stop. And you will end a conversation after two hours feeling like we didn't get to the bottom of anything. We just kind of, you know, reached in the grab bag and just threw out stuff and slung it at each other for, for a couple of hours. And I want to make sure that um, us getting down to the truth of any political belief on this channel actually is grounded with facts and grounded with uh, research that you all can even go back and and look into to you know corroborate and things of that nature. So the next time South Central Conservative is here on Pod is Good, we will make sure we do that. Hope you guys follow along. I know the last episode we did with him was very long, but I got a lot of response for that that episode, and a lot of you felt like that's the way it should be. Very organic. Dig into it and try to find an answer. Try to find the truth. We pulled. We went to the the Cornell Law School. Um, website and read all the laws based around 
uh, a, a president being able to um, uh, unseal documents or classify documents, declassification, the whole process. And it was great because both of us learned a lot in that in that. So uh, keep keep your eye out for that episode. It's coming soon. Uh, maybe I'll get him here by around episode 16 or 17. However, as I was stating earlier about family and how family uh, you oftentimes find yourself a little further away from family when you left a small town to venture out on your own. And it is a great, great moment when you're finally able to get back with your people. Nobody knows you like your people. Even if they ain't been around you in a long time, just still nobody knows you. Nobody can bring up that thing that you did when you was like eight or that way that you used to be when you was like 12. Like people don't know you like that. Most of the people in your circle, especially if you moved to some big city, most of the people in your circle can only talk to you from a 10-year standpoint, five years, and that's it. That, that's the depth that they have with you. But your family is different. So as I said, I'm bringing in one of my favorite, my favorite, again, the rest of the family, don't get offended, but one of my favorite family members on the planet, on the planet, Ancestry.com ain't changed that. She is here. She is beautiful, lovely, intelligent, incredible in every sense of the word. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you my cousin, Dr. Nikki Smith. <laughs> Hi, cousin. Hey, doctor. How you doing? Good. How are you? I am good. I'm so happy to see you. I'm happy to see you. So happy, to, happy see. to be here. Thank you for joining. So I got to tell you how we how we introduce everybody. Not introduce. How, how we um greet, right? So I'm going to say pod is good. And just like if I said God is good, what would you say? All the time. And all the time. <laughs> so, so instead of God is good, we say pod is good. So pod is good. All the time. And all the time. Pod is good. Booyah. That's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Love it. Oh, so yeah, I was talking about, you know, I was saying that, you know, you are my favorite. Um, little cousin and i kept thinking or i said like i hope nobody else gets offended because you know how family can be well i don't think that i think of all your cousins mm -hmm. people gotta know that i'm your <laughs> favorite they gotta know me and you you locked in right right, right. In. so if they see you they see me you right all the way 900 miles away they know we there, there you go you're right. I'm sorry, family. I love you. There you go. It's like we ain't unlocked no secrets today. They've been knew that. They yeah. knew that at the last yeah. family reunion. They knew that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody, this is actually my cousin. This is my blood family, Dr. Nikki Smith. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, I gotta make that point because you know, uh, you know, our culture and our community. You know, we call everybody cousin, uncle, auntie. You know, my, my son just asked me the other day. I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's a uh, that's Uncle Mike. And he was like, like uncle in our family, uncle. And I'm like, I get it. That's starting to be because, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, we yeah. do it out of respect. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, People yeah, that yeah, are, yeah, are close yeah. to you. Hey, that that's your uncle. You know what I'm saying? You don't call him. You too close to call him Mr. Right, right, but right. but out of respect, you don't just call him his first name. Exactly. Yeah. I, I wonder what other cultures do. How do they give that respect? I don't know. 
because I, you know, even on the internet, I have friends who have kids who mm -hmm. actually don't live in St. Louis, they live all over. But you see people's kids growing up, you see, and I feel like them TT's babies. And all y'all my kids. <laughs> I ain't even met some of these kids. <laughs> but I've seen them grow up because of social media. Right, know? right. So, yeah, you definitely feel that connection for sure. Right. Absolutely. I, I wonder like if there's um a term that you know maybe an indian culture or an african culture that people use for those those tweeners you know what i mean like they're not some distant person at the market you know when you see mr jones at the market they they get the good peaches in the back that's just mr jones yeah, but yeah. but when you when you when you see you know uncle cecil that's yeah. your uncle he yeah, ain't yeah. being a relative but I known him since since the military exactly you exactly. call that if you need some he got you that's all hey Uncle Cecil been there since I was in the bunker back in the war. You go talk to Uncle Cecil, he'll take care of you. Love it, love it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so even though I know a great deal about you, let's mm -hmm. get people kind of acquainted with who you are. Um, tell them a little bit about your your background. Ah, where do you start with things like that? Um, so a background, a lot of... One of the first first things people ask is, are you a medical doctor? No, I'm not. Sorry. So if you're having a medical emergency, please call 911. I'm not the person to help you. <laughs> I don't know anything about delivering medical care. <laughs> um, my PhD is in business, okay? <laughs> there you go. So 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 let everybody know right now. She's somewhere between medical doctor and Dr. Dre. It's like like <laughs> Like, <laughs> you know, what's interesting, a lot of people don't know that the pH, the term doctor was designated for people with PhDs in academia. It wasn't mm. referred to as someone with a medical, um, with a medical certification. So actually the original doctors are people in academia. Um, but anyway. Wow. But that, that's interesting to know. I don't know if most people know that. So. It, so I had this, it was like a whole thing. Um, I've, I literally had someone tell me I wasn't a real doctor. And I'm like, what do you mean? Well, I'm so, I work real, real hard for this. Last night, what are you talking about? I need some money back. Uh, if I'm not a real doctor, I need at least 40% of that tuition back. You see, they ain't relieving no student loans. Man. I got a lot of it, okay? Talk about <laughs> so, it. Talk about it. So anyway, um, yeah, so my doctorate is in business model innovation. Um, a lot of my, I mean, when, when I think about who I am, I love arts, I love music, I love theater, I love poetry, which you know, I love to write, I have an appreciation for art, Miss Nina Simone, as you see here, um, specifically black culture, so I would consider myself absolutely a hood feminist. There you go, there you um, go. <laughs> Absolutely an advocate for all things black culture. Um, and so, you know, I'm an auntie, I'm a big sister, all of um, that. a daughter, all of that. So yeah. Let's let's touch on the poetry because there was a time. Yeah. It was a time that I was, you know, listening to you. Uh this is this was around high school. This around this is you in high school, long before a PhD. Long before. Long before you were still learning about PH balance. <laughs> Yeah, long, long before, yeah, Miss. Uh, sorry, doctor. The doctor used to write poetry. Yeah, 
And now, 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 does the doctor still write poetry? You know, I don't. But so one of the things I, I am published, but more so for articles. So I'll get reached out to by a magazine or someone um, specifically like in St. Louis, we have a lot of local publications like the St. Louis Black Pages, um, other things, Riverfront Times, other uh, publications, and they'll ask me to write an article. Hmm. Um, so I do that a lot now. I've written, I've been published about 10 times. Let me wow. actually, I don't know if I knew that. I'm sorry, I'm on my, um, work computer so i need to put myself on do not disturb i'm so sorry no don't worry, um, don't worry about it but yeah so and i don't write poetry anymore but it was my first love uh i really had an affinity towards like the written word and just you know making things painting painting a picture and telling a story really creatively with words uh, was was really something i was into and i used to perform poetry and stuff. Um, yep, yep. But I mean, my preference, honestly, has always been to write. Um, and yeah, I just, I needed an outlet. I have, I've gone through some trauma. <laughs> okay. We're going to get into yeah, it. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. I really just needed an outlet, something that was safe and not what everyone else was doing, which was, you know, all kinds of things. I was getting all kinds of trouble, all kinds of stuff. Um, but I really wanted to do something that was creative. And like I said, I had an appreciation for the arts. And so I used to, you know, my favorite author is James Baldwin and the way that he would just put a story together and just pro be so prolific with his words. Yeah. It was like profound yet simple. And like all the way he used to just package it together, him and Richard Wright was another favorite of mine. And so I just, um, Nikki Giovanni, I, I just love the way in which you can convey mm. and evoke emotion. Absolutely, yeah. Through, uh, this is what's on this paper. Um, and so that was something that I was really into. And I mean, I go listen now for sure. Um, I don't perform anymore, but I certainly still have an appreciation for it. That's what's up. Uh, to the chat real quick. Uh, my man Jay Militant said he's tapping in. What's going yeah, on, James? Yeah. Um, how, can, how can people get on here and watch live? How are um so some so it's it's broadcasting right now okay. on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook, okay. right? Um, Cashmere, California, all of those. And then after this, it will also be uh in the days to come on Apple Podcast and on Spotify. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, uh, Jay Militant also said that James Baldwin is the truth. Man, do I agree. Yes. Yes. Man, yes. do I agree. I was just talking about him in a in an episode recently. It's like I, I was saying, if you care anything about, you don't even have to care about black people, right? Mm -hmm. Even though mm -hmm. that's that's obviously a big part of the the, the core of his content, right? If you just care about the conditions of humanity, America, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you know, the, the interaction with each other, the complexities mm -hmm. of, of different races and how we how history has affected how we see each other. If you just mm -hmm. kind of want to get get the, a broad but introspective view yeah. of yeah. all of that, man. Yeah. There's and nobody you don't even gotta pick up one of his books, you can go on YouTube, watch a speech. Mm, watch exactly. You know, he yeah. was globally known. Um, and just yeah. 
just the the experience of black folks even internationally and, and specifically with him um being a queer black man and navigating those spaces too and yeah. then um you know the book uh there was a series i am not your negro and it was a, a package that he had put together but told a lot about the work of malcolm x his friendship with malcolm x his friendship with dr Martin luther king um and and kind of the different schools of thought but you know yeah. how, how they both are very similar not even knowing it and he knew it he knew it um, right so right. they knew it so right. <laughs> um navigating all that but yeah he asked was i fairfield high nope I am a St. Louis girl. <laughs> Raised in the Midwest. <laughs> well, Midwest you didn't hear it. Hey, I I'm a St. Louis shawty. Okay? Hey, <laughs> I started the show. I started the show with Murphy Lee playing in the background. Okay. I told him. I, <laughs> I told him we had to get it. We had to get in the right vibe. We got to get in that yes. Midwest. That Midwest vibe this morning. Yes. Yeah. Watch the video on Instagram. Um, uh, need to give him his flowers, man. He was just like man. teacher king in the early 2000s, mid 2000s. Man, he was on I, everything. Yeah, I definitely thought Murphy was gonna be yeah that guy. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, because you know Nelly was good, but Murphy has something that Nelly didn't. But the thing that Nelly had, Murphy mm -hmm. didn't. Yeah. And the thing that Nelly had was sex appeal. Yeah, and and yeah. that you you just can't buy that. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. a difference. The ladies look like it. No, yep. Come on, <laughs> come on. So no matter what uh what Murphy did, it was gonna be hard to 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 you know get over that hump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, yeah. Uh, Jay yeah. Militant says shout out to the STL. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay, so so we're doing poetry with great great um inspiration that you got from the right people mm -hmm. um and so you you continue to grow right mm -hmm. and you get mm -hmm. into let, let's jump into your college life so so like you said you've dealt with a lot of things in your life um uh poetry was an outlet yeah. and then you go to college and mm -hmm. college brings on a whole new slew of things to deal with, whether it be jobs and mm -hmm. homework, but still family and apartment or responsibility, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So did the poetry stop in in college or did it blossom a little more? How did it affect it? It stopped. So I'll, I'll give you a little bit of kind of how it went. So, you know, it, it, it was such a struggle. I was one of those kids that was I planned my whole life ahead of me. I took my ACTs, my standardized testing my sophomore year and kept taking it until I get a higher, higher, higher score until I was satisfied with that. Yeah. Um, you know, 4.3 GPA because I was taking all college AP classes and all that stuff, graduated top 10 and got accepted to every school that I had applied to, but I was broke. <laughs> 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 I had no money. Okay. Y'all gonna pay for this? Y'all okay. gonna pay for this? So, both of my parents went to college, okay? But right. it was zero dollars for me right. though. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, um, you know, that changes your priorities. So, I'm yeah. working at Jack in the Box, I'm working at Dairy Queen, you know, grinding, making them tacos, 
There you go. I was literally working at Jack in the Box and I would walk over to next door to Dairy Queen and work another eight hours a day. Like, Whoa. Up late, right? <laughs> so, Crazy. Right. And hustle, can't spell, can't spell hustle without STL. Without STL, you putting in that work. Out, right? And so there was no money. And so all these schools, right? I got accepted to them Howard and TCU and UCLA and there was no money and so I had to go to school local my freshman year um, here uh, went to a private university it was predominantly white institution and it was very very white in that this was a year Obama was running for president so that's yeah. important to note because my experience was because of that yeah. dealing with kind of a more rural area going to a predominantly white school obama running for president you can imagine the posters that i see in the hallways okay monkey posters all of this all of that Crazy. and it was um and i went to an all-black high school so this is new for me i had not been in an environment yet where i was the minority mm. um, certainly i had had internships and been in you know programs and i had been in the workforce dealing with folks but I had not yet been in a situation where I had to navigate such racism and that was in my face. And yeah, so yeah. you can imagine things like, you know, I, I, I couldn't, where someone probably would have leaned into an outlet like poetry. I'm like, look, I'm just trying to keep my head above water, trying, trying to, to get through it. Trying to get through it. Yeah. And I was so miserable. I was so miserable. And this was my freshman year. And so, I uh it is Nina in my background. Someone asked it in the chat. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was, yeah, I definitely I saw him say it. I was I'm gonna wait till she get done. <laughs> he, he, he caught it. He caught it. Yeah, Jay caught it. And he knows because that's my man. So <laughs> <laughs> um, but so and then I oh, know it's Jeffrey. Oh, oh Jeffrey, Jeffrey, that's that's okay. Jeffrey, I I, I saw you. Uh, he i think you yeah yeah yeah. so so i'm glad he's watching now he was yeah. doing something different before so i was seeing him on here yeah yeah all good all good okay Continue. um so then i called my uncle wayne and my mm. uncle wayne in texas and i said uncle wayne i'm so sad all the time i'm miserable i'm barely making it to class you know i'm just not happy here he said come to texas baby so i go check Shout it out, out. To uncle wayne Shout out to Uncle Wayne. Shout out right? to Uncle Wayne, yeah. I go check it out, and he's like, you use my address, get in-state tuition, all the things. Mm. We're going to figure it out. Just come on. Just come on. Fire. And I went down and checked it out, and it was a huge school. It's like 40, 45,000 students, big school, big Texas school, right? 20 minutes yeah. from Dallas. Loved it. And they had a Chick-fil-A on campus. I'm like, I'm going oh, here. Oh, we in. Oh, we in here. Oh, oh, sign me up. <laughs> sign me all the way up. <laughs> well, where the papers at? Well, somebody got the papers? Where the papers? <laughs> so the very next semester, in January 2009, me and my grade have gotten my little Ford Explorer. We drove nine hours to Texas, and that's where I went. Best decision I ever made. Best decision I ever made. Yeah. And yeah. I, you know, wanted, I actually used to attend poetry. That's kind of like, how I got to know people was that they would have like these like spoken word things mm. around campus. Cause I'm like, where are the black people at? And they were there. I mean, my school was huge. You know, they had a very, very diverse. And so that's how I started meeting people. Now 
I met them because of the mutual love that we shared, but I was not, at that point, I'm like, I don't really want to perform a whole bunch anymore and stuff like that. So they kind of took a backseat at that point, gotcha. um, but got back into it when I moved back to St. Louis after college. That's so interesting. The, the last um, three episodes that we've had, there was a foundation of, of art in the early part of the, of the person's life that allowed them to kind of meet and get out and and connect. Yeah. And then through that channel, then they kind of realized where they wanted to go. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. That's so crazy to hear us kind of go through the same exact process with you. It's like, yeah, you didn't keep it. I'm pretty sure poetry is still close to your heart, but yeah. it, it, it turned into this vehicle that mm-hmm. probably allowed you to be maybe even a little more social than you would have been Mm-hmm. without it in a new place and a new school all those kinds of things yeah yeah absolutely, absolutely. yeah so then I, I i pledged you know the following i was in the pageant and met people and then i pledged zeta um and i was having time you was doing it yo yo hold on i know this ain't i know this ain't drink champs i ain't know it but Give it up to a young black lady for you know for grinding, working hard. You're doing your thing. You're doing your thing. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Fire. Yeah. Fire. Okay, so so now you're you you in it. You yeah. living the life. Like was yeah. now college life for everybody's a little different. Some people thrive in it. Some people completely get dwarfed by it, yeah. and. And and depending on how you deal with it, you come out on the other side, uh, or either way you deal with it, you will come out on the other side a different person, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, going through it and coming out of it, did you, h- how did you do? It sounds like you did great. On the yeah. other side of it, you know what I mean? Like, tell me about that. Yeah, so, you know, I still uh, was the same ambitious person. So you can imagine I did all the internships I had whole bunch of corporate experience by the time I graduated. Every summer I was coming to St. Louis to do an internship for some company. Um, I got into a program called En-ROADS. Small plug there. If you were a black person or a person of color who is in college and looking for paid internships with real corporate experience, go through En-ROADS. And they um, train you to how to teach you how to interview, teach you how to write a resume. Wow. They, it's like like literally like corporate boot camp that you go through before they even place you at a corporation, nice. one of their partners and they have big companies like at that point it was like you know boeing xerox um uh, a bunch of at&t was real big back then yeah. um those sorts of companies that they'll place you with and i was cool because i was every summer i was getting paid at that point i'm Let's say 19, 20, making $21 an hour. I was like, look at me, I'm rich. You was was at Chick fil A every other day. Like, (laughs) hey, matter of fact, give me two more chicken nuggets at all. And throw one of the brownies in there too. Right, right, right. And so, spell spell the the organization, spell it. In Rose, I N R O A D S. And is. In roads, and is that only in St. No, Louis? Are they nationwide? Nationwide in roads. That's that's fire. Yeah. They've been around for a long time. Um, I would say easily 25 years or so. Um, but yeah, so anyway, had yeah. this corporate experience, 
had a job before I moved, before I graduated. So day after graduation, driving back to St. Louis. And I had learned so much about myself because I was truly by myself. Like, of mm. course, I had Uncle Wayne down there, you know, to guide and support. Uh, but eventually, I, I think I stayed with Uncle Wayne in my first semester, and then I moved closer to campus, which is an hour away from him. Mm. Um, and I really understood what it was, what it meant to have to figure it out. Yeah, um, yeah. In a new space. You know, in, in Texas, when the only other person I know is my uncle and making new friends, a whole new circle. And so it, it pushes you, it challenges you in a way that you probably don't expect. And it's easier to do at that point in life because you're you're meeting people who are on campus, who are also college students. You have that in common, at least. Right. And then you have all these different backgrounds and where people are from. Like I have friends from Nigeria and friends from Ghana and all over the world. Uh, one of my roommates was from Japan. So it was really, really cool in that regard. And then, you know, you come, I moved back to St. Louis and now you have to reconcile the new you with mm. all your high school friends now, right? Oh, oh <laughs> you, so you smarty arty now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, so you know everything. You got right, right. oh now you got yeah, friends from Ghana. Yeah. <laughs> you got friends from Ghana. Okay. Right, right, right. And so, you know, you're trying to one, stay connected to the relationships that you built right. while also reconnecting with your old relationship. Because these used to be my dogs, you know. And so Absolutely. it was like coming back into that new environment, coming back into St. Louis and not letting it would be very easy to let that kind of determine like you just don't kind of not do anything, not really push yourself because now you're already feeling like you're doing better than everybody else around you. So right. now you need to work super hard for Right. You can get complacent. Um, right, right. Yeah. And and it's easy to do that. And so that's why, you know, I had to be intentional about reaching out to uh urban league young professionals and other different types of groups around St. Louis to get around the type of folks who also were just as ambitious, just as driven, had a lot of the same goals in mind. So, yeah. That is that is a gem. That is a gem. Anybody listening, no matter what age you are, no matter where you are in your trajectory of life, that is a gem. Get mm -hmm. around the people that have a similar drive, a similar idea of life, similar motivation. I mean, just having the proper energy around you at any given time. Mm -hmm is the difference of night and day yeah night yeah. and day because you're right it is very easy to be complacent when you're the top dog in the room <laughs> you're making more money yeah. than yeah. everybody and, else in the room and and that's what it was you know i've come out of college and had a pretty good offer right out of school and um all of that and so it could have been easy but you know i had a vision in mind of what i wanted my life to look like yeah. and so just trusting god and trusting that vision and like all right, I'm, this grind don't stop just because the college is over. I'm back in school now. We're getting a master's degree. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. So, so <laughs> most people just trying to get through high school. <laughs> right, tell anyone, just let me get through high school. Yeah. Then you have the next group of people that's like, you know what? I'm going to do college. You know, I, I have to. I've been either because of my parents or my teachers or my mentors everybody's telling me i need to do it whether i know why or not i'm gonna just do it and they just trying to get through 
And I'm pretty sure at one point you were in that place of like, whoo, I'm just trying to get across yeah. this finish line. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. somehow yeah. you not only crossed the finish line, you literally <laughs> crossed it and then started a new race. Yeah, I'm going to do it all over again. <laughs> and then did it again. And did it again. <laughs> and did it again. Hey, so <laughs> that's crazy. So how, what was that? What was that motivation? What was, what did you keep? At the at the end of of your of your um you know your goals journey that yeah. carrot dangling at the end what did you keep there <laughs> to keep the energy and the focus and the drive so alive all that time? You know, um, one of the things that I know to be true is that God has a purpose for my life, mm. and matter of fact, my name means my name Nicole means the people's victory and it's Greek. And I wow. had always saw myself as a champion, as an advocate, as a community servant. And in order to do what I want to do out in the world, I wanted to be sure that I set myself up foundationally for the education I needed, for the relationships I needed, for, you know, networking, the skills that I needed. Um, in order to fulfill whatever this purpose was that, that God had for me. And so mm. that was the carrot. It was this wow. unrelentless desire to say, I have been through some things, some things that young girls and young women should not have to go through. Yeah. And I have been through some experiences that, you know, people with two parents and all these things that you think should be in place, should not have to go through or whatever. Yeah. Um, and because of but but i made it on the other side and the only other reason i can imagine um especially considering you know some of the traumas and things is because there is a purpose mm. and there, there is a divine one so i have to be diligent i have to be relentless i have to be focused in delivering that and you know when you know who you belong to you know what it is so i had to that that kept me motivated and like I can't mess around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, know what I'm you know what I'm saying? Okay. All right. Yeah, I can't mess around. Can you play around? I gotta kick it for a little bit, y'all. Right, right. You mean you gotta enjoy it a little bit. Yeah, you, know, you gotta do your thing a little bit. Yeah. Right. That that is incredible. So you get back on the horse multiple times. Yeah. And and you get it. You you finally yeah, devour the carrot. Yeah, I was getting my master's, was an entrepreneur, you know, running an advertising agency for a little bit while I was getting both my master's degrees and fighting with lupus and all those things. And that stuff was hard. Um, took a break for a long time and mm. then decided to go, go back and get my doctorate because I'm like, my long term goal was to be a, a collegiate professor. Just let's just knock it out right now while I got the time. And I still don't got no money, but I got the time now. <laughs> no, but uh, and and have been blessed, you know, in terms of uh, my career trajectory and my career really skyrocketed very early on. Um, so I have been blessed in that I've been in certain situations and opportunities that young black women don't get at that stage in their career. And so, so before we get into your uh, corporate life, um, mm -hmm. I have to ask Dr. Nikki. If you were talking to the 12, 13-year-old you or yeah. the 12, 13-year-old girl that's out there listening, wondering, 
man, is it is it still worth it? Some people say mm-hmm. college ain't for everybody. Some people say I should be entrepreneur. Maybe I should just work in my uncle's business. Just overall, as far as a a, um, a principle that yeah. you would give that person, you know, what would you tell them? I would say know your why. You know, because if you know the purpose behind it, what you're doing, and you you have passion and heart in what you're doing, regardless of what it is, you're going to be successful. And however you define success, that's different for everybody also, right? Um, And so whether it's entrepreneurship, you know, don't just say, I want to have a business because I want to work for nobody. That, that's mm. not passion. That's not purpose. You just don't want to work for nobody. But mm. you know, when you're a real business owner, you know you work for somebody. <laughs> so, but, but, say, but say, I have such a special skill. I have such special ideas. I have such a special product that I want to get this out into the world. And by any means necessary, I'm going to stand behind it because it is from my heart. I believe this is my purpose to deliver this thing out into the world. Now, that may be through a corporation and through your regular job, nine to five job. You may still be able to accomplish that, or you, and you can accomplish that through entrepreneurship, or you can do both. I do both. I have a nine to five job, um, and I have a business that I do consulting on the side as well. And so I don't think that people people feel like you have to pick a lane and stay in the lane, and that's just not true. You can choose to um, choose the, whatever path you want to go through, and you can zigzag that thing. You ain't got to stay on it and just climb this corporate ladder and, or just do this entrepreneurship thing, and you feel like you failed or you defeated because your business didn't work out or whatever. It just it just was what it was, and that's an experience that you had, and that's valuable to you. But if you know your why, you're going to find a way, either through um deliver it whatever the mechanism is that you deliver that thing it's still going to be just as powerful because there's passion behind it there's heart behind it and there's love behind it bars oh my gosh bars drop the mic doc (laughs) drop the mic i wish i had i'm trying i need to get this to work (laughs) come on that was fire so good. So good. Mama Wolf says in the chat, uh, love how you used your God-given purpose to propel you through those yeah. challenges. Yeah. That's a fact. That's a fact. I, I actually said that, um, said something similar in a um a video. Uh, well, anyway, one of these, one of these videos, I said, if if you don't believe that whatever shortcoming that you have, God can't get you there or whatever your belief system is whether it's some energy some other deity whatever it is they can't get you to to having the best life possible then one or two things needs to happen either you need to change your belief system Mm -hmm. or you need to change like believe in it stronger yeah yeah one of the two yeah and and you and and you said it right Uh, uh, mama wolf said it right You, you use that yeah, you used yeah. it a, a, as yeah. a and, and don't focus so much on, you know, everybody. There was a school of thought of like perfect your weaknesses, perfect your weaknesses and get better and do this and do that and find out what you're not good at and make it better. No, no, no. Just worry about your strengths and worry about God putting the people in your life in place mm. where they can. So you might be an amazing baker and you make the most delicious cupcakes, cookies and pies that anybody could ever want. 
but you don't know anything about running a business. Uh -huh. Connect with people, build relationships with people, and let other people's strengths fill in that gap for you. Don't feel like I got to figure all of this out by myself. I would, I always encourage people, and the reason why I have been so successful is you lean into community. You mm. lean into the people around you who, and, and not just in a way where you just take, take, take from them, but really position yourself so that you are one that people want to share with. They want to give with because they see that light in you. They want to be a part of it. And so, and that's amazing. That's been one of the biggest lessons to me is that I have such a dope, dope network where people are just like, I want to do this for you because I see what you're trying to do. I see oh, yeah. you where you want to go. And I want to give you, I want to connect you with this person. I want to put you in front of this person. Yeah. And so um, that's been a blessing to me because that's gotten me in rooms that I could have never thought to be in. And I know you giving shout outs to your network, which is great. But, you know, you my cousin, so I'm going to change that. You have a dope, dope you. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> You have a dope, dope, because you are you, people can go out and they can try to go get things. Yeah. Or some people go out and they attract things. Yeah. And the difference that I'm pretty sure everybody listening and watching can tell is that you have a nature that attracts people. You focused on yourself. You built yourself. You connected with God. Let him continue to give you the tools to build yourself. And now you've built yourself into the type of person that attracts the right type of people and the right kind of energy and all the right situations. I can Thank see you, it. Jeffrey, you, <laughs> Jeffrey said you straight spitting. Thank you. <laughs> Mama Wolf said zigzag that thing, put it on a shirt. I love that. I love that. Uh, she also says, do you have any networking advice for introverts? That's a good question. Yeah, um, that is a good question. You know, what I have found uh, people who are introverts, they still have a circle, they still have a sense of community, and they still have people that they are, are close with. And I would say, leverage your loud talking friend. <laughs> I know you got one. You got one and say, hey, and just, and be, but you still have to be able to speak up for yourself, right? And so say, you know, this is what I want and say it out loud. Don't be afraid to everybody be like moving in silence and all sorts of stuff. I, I don't subscribe to that. I know some people do. I don't subscribe to that because when, like you said, when you want to attract something, it's like, this is what I'm about. Can't anything that is for me that God has put in my place, can't nobody take it away. And so if you a hater, you're going to be a hater. But that right. mean I got to be quiet about my blessings because you a hater. <laughs> That's a you problem, not a me problem. <laughs> so, you know, in terms of networking, I would just say, you know, leverage your circle, the circle that you have, be be outspoken about what you want, what you're trying to accomplish, and allow your friends you know, to advocate for you. Hopefully you have people around you that say, how can I help? You know, how can I support mm. you? What do you need from me? Um, and then hopefully you can, you have enough thought about what you want to accomplish that you can give them direction. Actually, friend, now that you say something, I do need you to share this post on social media. When you see me posting, it'd be really cool if you can go ahead and share it for me, you know, spread it around, that sort of thing. And so I think that there's a way you can leverage the different personalities that you come across to enhance what you may believe is an introverted spirit. Um, but really, it's just, you know, you, you're pretty tight to the best on who you, who you trust. But And that's okay, too. 
that's dope that's that's really good advice because a lot of people when you think about networking the first thing you think about is going out and meeting people you don't know yeah going out and talking to people you don't know when what you're saying is well start start with the people you do know even if it's Mm -hmm. two or three people you might have some gems right there that you just haven't you know know two or three people that know exactly exactly no that's great that's that is really great um really great advice Okay, so I was gonna go to corporate, but I'm gonna be honest. All these, all the bars, you know, the zigzagging, the shirt. I, bars for days. I mean, conversation going. So. Come on, come on, <laughs> come on. So because of that, though, I gotta put you on the spot. I need to know top five rap artists of all time. I don't care if it's female, male, old school, new school. Need yeah. to learn though. I burn, baby, burn like disco inferno. Whatever it is. <sighs> I, I need to know the top five. Talk to me. J. Cole is J. one. Cole. Mm. D. Smoke is one. D. Smoke. Um, uh, I would consider Lauren Hill one of my favorite MCs. I think Fire. she's dope. Fire. Um, I'm gonna come up with two more. You can uh, do it. You can do it. J. Cole, D. Smoke Lamar for sure. Okay. Kendrick. Um, and you know what? I honestly really I like I really like Lil Wayne and early stuff. Like he was so smart. And I don't I, I don't know. They take Lil Wayne with right now and stuff, but he was just lyrically like super dope the way he put stuff together. And I'm like, God. So is that five? Hold on, who who was it? I missed it. Who was the last one? Lil Wayne. Oh Wayne, Wayne. Yeah. J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, D Smoke. Lauren Hill. Okay, now now D Smoke. Who is D Smoke? He is from California. That's crazy. That's so crazy. And even more crazy because I'm like, hold on, hold on. He's in the top five with the likings yes. of Cole, Kendrick, Lauren. Like, how do well, I not he, know? He, he's so he's he's very multifaceted. He mm-hmm. got and he um do you know um his brother? Um oh Jeff, I don't know Jeff, but anyway, he got he was on the show. I don't know if you remember that show on Netflix that T.I. Cardi B Chance the Rapper did. Yeah, yeah. Um I saw that. that rapping competition. Yeah. So he, he won. But he's from he's from LA. He's oh. definitely not like Kendrick Lamar, too. But his style is very similar to his. But um, yeah, sir. Got it. And you know what? Him. I I now that I see him, I do remember him. But what's crazy? <laughs> Jeffrey says, "Sir." Um, you no, know what he was. He, I asked him who his brother was. That's his brother. His brother is oh, a, 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 a artist as well. Got you. Got you. And real quick, uh, Mama Wolf said. Um, you were talking, so I didn't bring this up, but leverage your loud talking friend. She says she loves that. That is a great one. Yeah. That is a great one. Like maybe you <laughs> yeah. ain't the loud one, but you got a friend. Yeah. That a girl, you gotta meet my love. She'll, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She'll do all that. Yeah. She'll do all that. All right. So D I do remember D Smoke. I, I, I didn't I didn't know that he won though. He did, he did win. I didn't and, know that. And he's he's done a bunch of tours and shows uh as well he got 
Um, he, he's pretty dope. I'm surprised you hadn't heard of him because he is very California. So, um, right. even his videos, but like, check him out if you look at um, his YouTube and some of his videos he's done. Uh, he he raps in Spanish sometimes. He plays. Yep, history, yep. I did hear him do that. All that stuff. He is very very dope. So one of my favorites. Yeah, he's on Empire Records. Like, I gotta, I really gotta check him out. I remember watching him on that show. I remember the that Latino rapper. I remember when he battled some chick and, yeah, and he yeah. beat her, but I must not have watched it to the end. I must not have, yeah. but I'm I'm I'll be honest, I'm pretty jaded when it comes to music uh competitions just from being in LA being behind the scenes on those things it's like I'm I see him come up and I'm like yeah right okay let me matter of fact let me tell you before I even got into um into Hollywood so much to so so much so that I knew the the back end you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like the behind the scenes stuff so let me tell you the the competition show that completely killed me ever trying to audition for a competition it was put on by the likes of missy elliott Mm. do you even recall a missy elliott competition show on tv i don't exactly because it didn't ever happen so so she's going around and i love missy shout out to missy this ain't all her she wasn't even there it's her little cronies so she so they're having auditions i'm so I'm so him back then. I'm so like feeling myself and I know that it's just a matter of time for me. They're having auditions in Houston. Mm. Like, like you at the time, I ain't got the money for no plane ticket to Houston. Yeah. But I got enough yeah. gas money. I jumped in the whip. I drove from LA to Houston wow. just to audition. I wait in line. Had to be like four hours. Probably felt longer out there in the Houston heat. I finally get inside the building. Do you know that I stood there? I, oh, matter of fact, I forgot to tell you. It was dancing. It was a dance competition. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't rapping. It was a dance competition. As you know, you know Missy, right? So, mm-hmm. and and then that was one of the vehicles that I came to LA on. Mm-hmm. Dancing, mm-hmm. rapping, right? Mm-hmm. I, they brought us in. I stood in the line of like ten people. They. I didn't even dance. They were like, okay, all of you except for you can go. We have enough something, guys, or something. You know, some at a certain point, they're just looking for representation of yeah, different yeah. looks That's of people. Uh-huh. And so, mm-hmm. and that was it. And I drove back home. I was like, never oh, again. No. I've, I've been practicing. I've yeah. been dancing to Missy songs. I'm in the hotel room working on freestyle moves. I'm like, I'm ready to body this moment. I didn't even get to bust a count one, nothing. Wow. I'm sorry, cousin. It's all good. It's all good. good. I still love Missy. I still love you, Missy. Um, (laughs) But that's that's fire. That's fire. Great list. Great list. J. Cole, D. Smoke, Lauren Hill, Kendrick Lamar, Lil Wayne. Great list. Great list. Okay. So, you got your you got your doctorate. Right? Yeah. Long before you got your doctorate, you're already in the corporate world. I know. I'm already in the corporate world. But, but what did what changed for you 
in the corporate world once you became Dr. Nikki Smith? Because you've been in the corporate world forever mm -hmm. at this point. Yeah. But yeah. what changed? Yeah. So, you know, I was a, a senior VP at Wells Fargo when I was like 27, <laughs> 26, 27. Um, so that gives you a hint on like how fast my oh, career yeah. was going. Oh, yeah. um, and then I decided that I wanted to get into, yes, Mama Wolf, the coins were coming six figures <laughs> in my 20s, okay? <laughs> Give me them. And you're saying, like, oh, well, cool, right? Because cost of living is low. I mean, I'm balling out, though. <laughs> right. Right. You balling out. You ain't got no kids. You ain't got no. You like, hey, the world yeah. is my oyster. Yeah. So, I'm about to buy a Chick-fil-A now. I ain't even <laughs> I might I might buy one. Me, okay. <laughs> no, but um, so oh, you know, good. I decided to get my doctorate because like I said, I wanted my career after my career, like after I retired from corporate, I wanted to be a professor. Hmm. And you know, you need to have a PhD basically for uh kind of be a tenure professor. And so it really wasn't for my corporate career, but I wanted to be in alignment with what I was doing because I knew I was going to have to write a 300 page dissertation and there got to be something I could talk about for 300 pages. Yeah. And so that thing was the thing that I was doing every single day, uh, mm. which I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the tech space. I'm in innovation strategy, um, tech innovation, that sort of stuff. I do a lot of uh, research right. and design um, is the space that I'm in. And so um, as far as what the doctorate did, so I, I, it took me a while to get done with that thing. It was expensive and it was grueling. Um, it was very, very difficult. It was like, uh, it took mental, emotional, physical, it was all in. It was really hard yeah. um, to get through. So I got through it, especially during COVID. So I got through it, finished in 21. Uh, so just two years ago, actually. Yeah. And, um, and I don't, I think what it did, it got people, because I walk into a room and, and I'm in tech. There ain't no black women. In where mm. I'm one percent, okay. Mm. <laughs> so, in my entire department of 145 people, I am the only black senior leader in my department, wow. and only one of two other black folks. Wow, a woman. Um, and that's let's give it up for that. Let's let's give it up. Make some noise. <laughs> Make some noise real quick for that. <laughs> and so, you know, I think what it did was got people. It, makes people curious because i look young yeah and i'm running an entire like 13 department. 14 yeah like, yeah, you know, yeah big face so <laughs> i'm running an entire department and right. people look at me and like who are you looking at and the doctor gives me a little bit more authority yeah and it's not because they even know what it means or know what the doctor is for they don't care it's just like oh dr nikki you must be smart because you're, right. you're 13 so right. immediately yeah yeah respect that yeah, and so, and also it gave me a little bit of leverage. I actually, I left Wells, went over to another company uh, for still in the investment space. I was in investment for a while, and now I'm at a, a new company and large company, global, all over the world, 90,000 people. And it gave, it just, it just gave me a little bit of leverage in terms of how much money I asked for. So, yeah. <laughs> that was that. <laughs> um got the top of the range on that one and so yeah um i think that's i think 
it, but also, you know, a lot of the consulting that I do, so I do some consulting, I also do a lot of community events, workshops for women, helping mm. them advocate for themselves on getting the salaries that they want, how do you negotiate mm. pay, how do you prepare yourself for your next level in your career, I do a lot of like community based, specifically for black women and black men. Um, around St. Louis. And so that gives me, you know, a little, oh, Dr. Nikki, you must know what you're talking about kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Selling out. <laughs> they, they think I'm real, real smart. So <laughs> usually by I figure I'm going to hear from you. So. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, so that's what we've done. No, that is, that's, that's awesome. Like, you know, people, you know, you kind of touched on it. And, um, you know, sadly to say that often when you hear the story like uh, the 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 corporate and the education background that you have mm -hmm. you don't expect that when the mask is revealed of who that person is for them to look like you often it's not a black woman mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so i'm pretty sure as a black woman there's you know there's some hurdles that you had to deal with that you saw others didn't have to deal with mm -hmm. there are some mm -hmm. things that you had to uh, probably be vocal about and some things you had to be quiet about. Like how, how did you navigate this corporate space, especially getting into higher up leadership, yeah. being a black woman, knowing, you know, when I need to kind of pull back and silence my blackness just a little bit. And when you need to hear about this. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I appreciate um, is people's is the duality of people and, and like you don't have to again like i said fit in a box or stay in a lane i can represent exactly who i am how i'm talking to you today is how i'm talking to you hmm. um sometimes worse no. <laughs> <laughs> and so i i had to grow into the courage to be me the yeah. courage to be authentically me but once i did once i had mentors and i had a lot of mentors so always get you one um, but once I got me some really a solid board of directors, I call it Nikki's board of directors. And it's like, <laughs> you know, I got a white man, a, a black man. A, I got very diverse board of directors. And these are nice. people that I go to for perspective, for advice. Um, and they coach me and I take the feedback because I'm, I'm not, I want to get better. And so I'll give them a scenario. They'll kind of walk me through how to navigate it. Oh, watch out for this, watch out for that, regardless of what. You can be yourself, but also know you got to politic a little bit, right? Yeah, like, yeah. A lot of these men in these higher positions, you know, they got a little ego about them. And so making sure you're navigating all of that, not stepping on any minds um, in terms of like something that's going to blow up in your face later on. You don't want to shoot yourself in the foot, but you also want to be honest about yeah. what you want and who you are. And so it's such a balancing act in terms of navigating these spaces. Specifically, you know, I'm a leader of a team. So I have to not only advocate for myself, but I advocate for the people who report to me and mm -hmm. make sure they have the opportunities that they desire. What do they want in their career path and how can I support them as well? And so, you know, I can, and they, they, people appreciate people who are genuine. You see a lot of people tend to posture. They tend to put on what they think they should act, how they think they should speak, how they yeah. think they should answer the question. Yeah. And I will tell you that everybody sees through it. You yeah. know, they'll tell you, put it just, just great point. Just, your resume just... and fake it in the interview or you'll get the job. No, they see it. They see yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And so 
and, and it always comes out. And so when people, especially when you get to this level, they appreciate people who are genuine and real and authentic in a way, still, you got to politic because you got to do it in a way that's not offensive to them. Of course, of um, course. Which can be a little exhausting because what you mad about now today? God. <laughs> but you can still do it in such a way where you, you know, stay true to who you are and not feel like I have to show up or posture myself in a certain way and I got to keep this mask on all the time because that then gets exhausting or I don't feel like I belong here what we call imposter syndrome I don't claim it I don't suggest anybody else claim it there's no such thing you in the room you're supposed to be here okay mm. there's imposters. Uh, but people yeah. feel it. But what people don't realize is we feel like as black women and as black men that we are the only people feeling this. That white man insecure just like you are. Oh, right? talk about it. And so when you talk realize that, it. when you realize they got the same insecurities and yeah. problems and all that stuff that you got, then it's like and, and you if you sit back and listen, they ain't as smart as you think they are. Yeah, they VP, senior VP, some some. They ain't as smart as you think they are. <laughs> so you sit back and listen to them talk themselves in a little circle, and you'll be like, hold on, like, I know more than you. Okay, cool. Talk to them, now talk. Sure. Now I can show up and shine because now I know what you're really about. You showed yourself. So, Woo! get their ego and people get around and they get all hung up on their titles and who yeah. they are and all of that stuff. And it's because they don't know nothing. So, <laughs> Right. So I'm, with my, I'm with Mama Wolf. Preach. Yeah, because once you see people as people, they're yes. just another human being. They just got no more power being. over you than anybody else. Anybody can walk up uh, on the side of the street to you. That this this person don't mean nothing to you. Yes, they can have some influence <laughs> in your livelihood, and and there's a little bit there, and that's what makes people scared. But also, no, these people are just people. If you know you're doing what you're supposed to do, you know you're talented, beautiful. You know that you are. Um, you're smart and capable and all those things, then lean into that. Believe that every day. Absolutely. Believe that it's true and show Absolutely. them that it's true. Okay, Mama Wolf in the chat said, plastic, pass the collection plate around. We will accept your tithes and offerings now. Um, earlier, I put it on the screen, but for anyone on the audio broadcast, Mama Wolf in the chat said, that's a fact. No black executives at my organization, period, let alone a black woman. You you occupy a very exclusive space, a very, you know, lowly populated space. So you've talked about how you deal with that um, on the outside, but how does that affect you on the inside? Because I'm pretty sure as you're walking this tightrope, if you will, and trying to politic and placate to everyone's whatever's insecurities mm -hmm. and all those other things, you also recognize when other people don't have to do that. Yeah. When other people don't yeah. have to walk as thin mm -hmm. of a tight rope as you do. So how does that make Nikki yeah. feel when she's back at home just being Dr. Smith? Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, I don't take it home with me. Mm. So, and, and it's difficult to do because when you love what you do and you're passionate about it and you actually care about your work, it's very difficult to kind of leave it where it's at. And I work from home. I work right here. I'm at work. I go, I leave the room, go sit on the couch. So, there you go. <laughs> so I, I, I feel it here. Yeah. But I would say, you know, I don't know that 
it's in fact affected me as internally because because of the mentors that I have and because they gave me the foresight of what to expect. Mm. When you're prepared, you're not nervous. This is true. That's and really so good. So I'm prepared for what's ahead because really I had people pour into me, because yeah. I had people coach me and give me the game. Um, and I've asked for it. And I've asked for the criticism too. I ain't just telling them to give me compliments and tell me how great I am. Tell me where I need to grow. Tell me where I need to stretch myself. Nice. Tell me if, if I'm being whiny, if I'm being immature or childish in my approach, like really, really keep it all the way real with me because I want to be better. And when you are in, of a growth mindset, then some of that stuff that you're facing externally, what people might want you to believe about yourself, you don't internalize. Mm. I know something different and I'm prepared for whatever you got to throw at me. And so because of that, you know, it's easy for me to kind of compartmentalize those things really internalize it. Like you can say what you want to say, I know I'm the bomb. And I show it. And not only do I know (laughs) it, you can see in my work I'm the bomb. So until you you can debate that if you're gonna say yeah, yeah debate the work but you can't so keep quiet so so can y'all can everybody listening can you hear it now do you understand (laughs) why i introduced her as my favorite little cousin do you get it now like you might have been like oh maybe he's just throwing words around but (laughs) but by now you're like oh okay i get it this is just She's she's like my favorite little cousin too now. That's what you're thinking. <laughs> That's what you're thinking. I'm gonna change your name up here. All right, I'm gonna change your name to Doc Nick, Doctor Nikki Smith. Everybody's favorite little cousin. Yeah. 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 Well, well, that that is incredible. You are clearly uh, prepared for the job, ready for the job, and and executing it at at a level that I know. Plenty of people walking around hating about. And that's when you know that you must be doing something right. And you know what's so crazy is that a lot of people talk about the hateration that you get at this level Mm -hmm. and how many people are going to try to attack you and be against you and pull you down and lie on you and blame you for things. Quite honestly, I haven't experienced that. Mm. I haven't experienced it to the extent of I felt like someone was purposely trying to come up against me um, in a very deliberate way. And I haven't experienced a circle of friends or people around me who were haters and mm. maybe feel a way about myself. And so maybe it's the attraction thing or not. Yeah, yeah. But when because I have such a love for people and I'm willing to stick my neck out and support you. And I'm not just a, another black woman at the highest level. And I feel like everybody else got a struggle because I had a struggle to get there and all this other stuff. But some people get like that. Some yeah. black women get like that. Like all of a sudden it's like, well, I made it to this level on my own merit. Did you? <laughs> Did you? Okay, all right. Um, but I'm not like that, you know, and so because of that, I you know, you you can't help you can't hate on me when you need me. Mm. So because I'm willing to help you get where I'm mad, it's like I can't even be mad at you. I still. can't even be mad. Let me schedule a consultation with you because I can't even be mad at you. I'm trying to get I'm trying to be like and so when you yeah. but you have to position yourself as one that's not gonna be looking down on folks who think because I made it to this level, I'm better than y'all or 
when you got this air about you, you know, where it's like all of a sudden you forgot you was broke working at Jack in the Box. I'm never gonna forget. I'm never mm, gonna forget. There you go. Because of that, um, I, because of that struggle is top of mind for me. I'm willing to say, I understand your situation because I was there. I understand not everybody know how to put together a resume. I understand not everybody know how to interview, but I can help you. Yeah. If you're willing to accept the help, you know. Yeah. What I mean? And so because of that, I don't get people that's like hating on me for you know trying to trying to derail my plans or anything like that. They just like I'm trying to get on board with you. Now you will have people trying to ride the coattails a little bit, but of course, of course, that's what they're supposed to do. <laughs> that's what they're supposed to do. Look at every whale in in the ocean. They ain't alone. There's always some plankton, some little fish that's right yeah. there. Some sucker. It's got to be. Yeah. That's got to be. The bigger yeah. you get, that's how it go. All right, so we we went into the corporate world. Now, I'm, I know that even though you work from home, the corporate world has to be taxing. It is. Right? It, it has it to is. has to I have this day. Sometimes, yeah. It yeah, is. like just just exhaustive, just living through it, dealing with it. It's like, oh, you see the phone number to come in, or to see the your calendar yeah. alert pop up with that meeting. You're like, oh, I forgot about this today. Here we go. Mm-hmm. But balance is key. Yeah. And uh, when you walk out of that office and go back to the rest of the house, <laughs> there's a there's a little man that provides you some balance. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. let's talk about let's talk about little Neff. How, how has he how has he been? How does he how does he help you? Because I know he helps you yeah. in his own little way. So he helps because. And, you know, he has a, a, a different layer of complexity to my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that situation, you know, he, he has such a spirit about him. He's so excited about life. He has so much to look forward to. And he's so curious about things. He'll ask me, why? Why, TT? Why do I need to do that? And I'll tell you why, baby. Because I'm not I'm not of the camp like don't be asking all these kids curious. Yeah, especially nowadays. Yeah. All these kids on TikTok, they got YouTube. Um TT, let me get your phone so I can go on Snapchat. <laughs> um you know they're and, and if they don't have it or access to it, the kids at daycare do the kids at school do and so his natural curiosity uh, helps me to um, make sure that I'm focused on his development as a human being. This is going to be a grown man one day. One day. I think people forget. (laughs) They do. Oh my goodness. I always say you, you, you'll always hear um, a a girl say, I want to have as many babies as possible. You'll never (laughs) hear a girl say, I want to have as many teenagers as possible. Right. They ain't gonna say that because you don't they're not thinking about that part of it. Like yeah. these are gonna be they ain't gonna be just these little cute, don't they do nothing babies. Up. And you have to give them the skills, especially yeah. when it comes to emotional intelligence and social mm. intelligence, how to navigate them, how to navigate people who are different from them. Don't point at that kid in a wheelchair or don't do this or don't you know say yeah. some of those things. And so you make them more aware of the people around them. But anyway, he's helped me because he has such a curiosity for the world and such a kind of zest for life. Um, yeah. He's definitely an explorer. And so he keeps me being adventurous. Yeah, which is good because sometimes disconnecting 
yeah. from work life sometimes can be the hardest thing. But yeah. kids, especially an adventurous, explorative, inquisitive child, will they demand, okay, now you focus on me. Yeah. You it's hard to think about all the the the, the meetings that just passed when I'm asking you why 700 times. It's like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta give you my all now. <laughs> and all right, so I, I think maybe the last thing I want to really touch on because uh I know that there needs to be a growing awareness for this more and more because people hear this word. Some people know about it more than others. Some people don't. Some people have someone close to them that might be dealing with it. But mm -hmm. out of everything that you've heard, and when I say you, I'm talking about the collective listeners, you've heard Dr. Nikki Smith talking about today through poetry and working multiple jobs and and getting into college multiple times, all the way to getting a PhD degree, a PhD, all the way to becoming um, the 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 lady that she is, mm -hmm. not only in her community with helping others, but also in a corporate world, leading a team. She did all of this with lupus. With lupus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Jeff will tell you, you know, sometimes I'd be in the house crawled up in a little ball because I'm yeah. hurting and all the things. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. So for those who don't know, lupus is an autoimmune disease in yeah. which my immune system attacks itself in, in my muscle tissues and major organs and things like that. There's like three different kinds of lupus. Uh, one uh, specifically that it is within your nervous system, one that is uh, around some of your major organs. So you'll see people have common issues with the heart, lungs, kidneys, those sorts of things. And then um, one specifically is around, you know, your skin. And you'll see people who have uh, an allergy to sun, you know, sunlight flares up your skin, things like that. Or you can have a combination of the three in any regard. Um, you got different symptoms that kind of cherry pick from those three buckets. But um, yeah, so got diagnosed with lupus in 2000, May of 2009. Um, so it's been a little while that I've been dealing with it and processing. Um, I was sick for a long time, having a bunch of different issues. So I was an athlete in high school. And then my senior year, I started having some health complications. And it took a long time for them to kind of figure out what it was, a lot of testing. Because lupus is hard to diagnose. It can look like a lot of different things. Yeah, um, I heard. I heard that they said lupus is like, uh, I forgot the word they use. Yeah, yeah, the copycat disease, and they can mm -hmm. like kind of show itself as a lot of different things. I also didn't know that it was mainly women that got it. Women, like, like, women like nine women. nine to one ratio. Yeah, mainly it's women. Yeah, mainly women, mainly women of color, specifically Black, Hispanic, and Asian. Um, I guess that's all of that. Um. And then it is and young women too. I think anywhere between 18 and 25 have like the largest uh, kind of population of women with lupus or typically young women or diagnosed, I would say, early in life. Right. And so there's no there's no cure for lupus yet. No cure for lupus. Uh, so, you know, there's issues in which I'll get um, my blood vessels are swollen or I get inflammation in my chest walls or, you know, there's an issue. I might get blood clots, uh, fatigue, 
skin abrasions, all kinds of stuff. And so it um it can get really scary. It looks sometimes you feel like you have arthritis in your joints, your joints hurt, your body literally hurts. Um, and you know, being out in the sun and the heat can flare up, cause a flare up as well. Stress can cause a flare up as well. You can imagine uh yeah. going through a PhD and working full time. Working full time. <laughs> Uh, the level of stress that I went through. Jeez, um, I can only imagine. Yeah, so yeah, dealing with that, I've, I've had some issues, you know, with my kidneys. I've had some issues with my heart. Um, you know, diet and things like that certainly help. Staying active certainly help. Um, yeah, but there's no cure, so I'm on this ride for a while. And there's been instances in which, you know, lupus can be so severe that you go through certain types of chemotherapy treatments. Um, it's not chemo like a cancer per, cancer patient's chemo. Um, it's a little bit different, but it's used to slow down your overactive white blood cells that are attacking the body. So that's wow. what the chemo is doing. But yeah. And see, that was, you know, when we used to talk about it, I didn't really understand um, how painful yeah, that yeah. that lupus was yeah. until I started to do a little more research into it. And matter of fact, there's a um, there's a battle rapper. I know people that listen to the show is like he's always bringing up a battle rapper. Well, I watch battle rap. Okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a battle rapper. His name is Jack Boy Maine. Right, he's from uh, mm -hmm. he's from uh, Maryland, Baltimore, Maryland, and um, he struggles with lupus, mm -hmm. and so he's had to back out of a few events. You just said something that was interesting when you said their blood vessels uh, might be swollen, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So uh, this is him in a, in a battle recently. And people kept talking about how um, how his he was so veiny in certain to certain times. Like, mm -hmm. like I mean, his, his veins, I'm, I'm, watch this because of the, the, the timing that I chose. I'm not going to catch it. But whether it be like in his chest and his stomach. I mean, you could really see that mm -hmm. like his veins going into his shoulders. I mean, mm -hmm. there's been times I've seen him battling and while the other person is rapping, he's like just kind of bent over breathing, trying to catch his breath. And mm -hmm. then he'll say later on, like, yeah, this, I was having like a flare up. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he kind of almost says it in like a, a, a temporary sense. Like, you know, it kind of comes in a wave, not yeah. so much like, you know, it's, it lasts for days. So do you experience things of that nature where it's like you just kind of have this flare up moment and you just basically wait for the wave to pass? And yeah. that's just the life of it. Yeah, the flare up for me, honestly, it could last. I mean, your flare up could be 20 minutes or two weeks or mm. I could be down bad for a minute. Um, mm. So that could, yeah, definitely, you know, one of the things too is fatigue. Extraordinarily tired all the time. Um, so fighting through that um, and trying to accomplish things, I mean, it, it could be very difficult. And then, too, people don't really understand the danger in which if I were to get sick, if, when I got COVID, that was very scary. Yeah. It was very yeah. scary for me because my body can't fight it off, right? Yeah. My body is already attacking itself. Attacking itself. State. Imagine if I got sick and I was all confused, right? And so yeah, that was that, really scary. That was really scary, and I've, I've actually uh, had someone pass away who got COVID um, um, a couple, 
during 2020 and, and passed away, a young lady my age. Hmm. And so, you know, that sort of thing, Lucas Fogg, um, where you forget folk and forget things. Uh, it's kind of like you just get date dizzy and hazy and you don't know what you was doing. Um, so that that affects me sometimes as well. But yeah, it's extraordinarily painful. Um, and you just don't know when it's going to happen because it, it's triggered by so many different things. It's like, you know, you just don't know. It, it affects you, but doctor, it has not kept you down by far. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if anybody else knows someone with lupus or uh, is at least close enough to um, it to, to, to really know it uh, or understand it. But imagine all the things that we've talked about during this podcast today, dealing with something that makes you tired at times that makes you exhausted that gives you brain fog that has you not knowing what you were thinking in that moment that makes you just want to curl up for the rest of the day and not do anything and then listen to the story of dr nikki smith if if this is not a triumph story for for not only uh black girls um girls period young people that have gone through trauma someone living with lupus someone not having a whole lot of money so mm -hmm. i mean someone from a small town i mean you name it mm -hmm. you name it you stand as a champion for so many so many groups of people and and, that, <laughs> and 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 as i see mama wolf says that you are one tough cookie thank you i do thank not disagree you. um dr nikki cousin smith um <laughs> <laughs> you, you you did you did touch on um uh some of the work that you do for people around st louis and um helping them professionally kind of get to the next level uh if they want to accept your help um do you do any work like that for lupus for awareness for cures for anything of that nature I don't. I, I do like the lupus walk um, and things like that, um, but not for lupus specifically. I am president of a nonprofit um, called Good Journey Youth Development. Um, life is a journey. Let's hope. Let's make it a good one. Mm. Um, so, if you're interested in learning about that organization, is good g o o d journey dot org. And so I have the privilege and honor of being the president of that nonprofit, specifically uh, around the development of young people in our community, giving them the tools to realize their potential, realize their talent, realize their brilliance. Mm, um, awesome. And there's a lot of like STEM programming, arts and education programming. Uh, we have a summer leadership academy. We a couple years ago we took a group of 20 young people to Ghana. Wow. Um, and so it's very phenomenal, local to St. Louis, but doing some very great work. And so I stay busy uh, doing <laughs> yes. that. <laughs> yes. And so we have a bunch of like all this programming we have, and then we have like a community garden and all, and it's rooted in um, Black awareness as well. So very Black centric programming. Wow. Um, and so you can tell if anybody watching, I am blackity black. Blackity black. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. Blackity black. Yeah. 
My house is a black art museum. Black art everywhere. Hey, they better know it. They, they better know, know it. it. So yeah, so that that's some nonprofit work that I'm involved in. Um, and I do a bunch of different things. Uh, I'll help out around the community, but as you can imagine, uh, my day is pretty long and my and my nights are pretty long. So yeah. Yes, it is. Do you remember any of your poems? Nope. <laughs> I, I feel like you just said no because you know I'm gonna, you know what I'm gonna say next. <laughs> oh, smart. That was good. That was good. I was trying to decide how do I set it up so she don't see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I didn't want to just say, okay, we're going to end it with a poem. And then you're like, I don't remember this. Like, oh, okay. But, okay. All right. All right. All right. That's pretty good. <laughs> well, Dr. Nikki Smith, everyone's favorite little cousin. I appreciate you being here today. I appreciate you sharing your story, your amazing journey, and, and your continued accomplishments. Um. This has been super fun. Everything that, that Nikki Smith has talked about today, I will make sure that any of the links are in the description so that you all can be a part, you know, join in, you know, hit her up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and, she and also like I'll I'll send you the link as well. You know, like I said, I do consulting. If you are of someone, no matter where you are in your career and you want to just say or if you are a business owner say hey i need some feedback on my business strategy or i'm trying to scale my business to the next level or you know even if you're a person that's running a team how do i get my team all working together um and talking to each other or i'm trying to get to the next level of my career how do i make sure i'm paid an equal an equal salary and all those things um schedule consultation with me and uh, i'd love to talk to you there you go. There you go. I, I put it up already, but I'm gonna put it up again because I read it different the second time. Like me knowing who Jeffrey is, the first time I read this, I was like, Yeah, she never quits. She's a tough kick. She's a tough cookie. Yeah. The second time I read it, when I noticed who it was, I was like, Yeah, and she never quits. Like, I'm like, babe, can, can we have a date night or something? Like, can you? <laughs> Look, you're like, no, seriously, Cash, she never ever quits. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, little cousin. I love you so much. Thank you. thank you again for being here, sweetheart. Um, everybody, this has been episode 13 of the Pod is Good podcast with Dr. Nikki Smith. Doctor, pot is good. Oh shoot! All the time. <laughs> there she goes. You got it. And all the time. Pot is good. There it is. There it is. <laughs> all right, y'all. We'll catch you on the next one. Thanks. Peace. Bye.